Check out my show, amongst other shows, and great platforms such as the Sports Lab Mounts, the Wise Guys, the Betting Show, the Herd, the Jeff Show. So much to talk about Kenny's show as well. We're going to get all about those shows and plugging them in because that's what's important here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And you can check us out at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. And also download the free WWSRN. Well, horse is a little horse. Should feel a little achy today. Uh, so uh, we do have somebody. He's going to pop in right now for the remainder of the show. Drum roll, please. If you didn't see it, there he is. Speedy Petey. What's up, man? I'll give you a drum roll right back. Okay. Love it. Well, I... So the thing is, usually Speedy's the producer. He gets in every now and then on the show, but I'm sure Speedy can hear it in my voice as well, how different the tune is of it. It's going to be very tough to get through an hour by myself. I don't think I would have made it. Now, to be fair, I did do a COVID show by myself, which was a miracle in itself. Yeah, that was one of the worst shows I ever did. Not even going to lie. And I was going to miss this show this evening, but the problem was I I talked to Errol about it earlier today. And I said to Errol... He said, Errol, that's what you're going to do the show. I said, you know, I'm going to do it because you have the Roger stuff, the DS stuff, the March Madness stuff. There's, if this was like a show from two weeks ago, then I would say I got to take a step back. I got to get better, feel right, get myself, get, you know, get everything good. But the problem is there's just so much news going on this week that I just couldn't avoid it. You know, it's like a drug. That's the problem. You want to just keep coming back for more and more and more. Probably a bad example for kids watching, if they are. It's a horrible example. Speedy's also going to read the comments for me tonight because, Speedy, you can hear it in me too, right? How different it sounds. Yeah, and uh, we already got yeah. uh, another comment that isn't very uh, kid-friendly either, either from your friend uh, Mr. Coniglio over there. Oh, uh, what did he say? <laughs> there you was know, a, a swear word and involving the New York Mets. So. Oh, that's fine. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you this. Him and Edwin Diaz both have the same thing right now. They're both in slings. Yep. So there you go. He wants to throw shots. Just give it right back. Because it was so funny. He sent me a, the stupidest text because he hates – he's the only Yankee fan I know that hates the Mets that much where he lets the Mets live rent-free in his head to the point where he sent me spring training stakes and said, is it too early to worry? 
<laughs> which I'm just like, I don't even answer because I don't answer to child's play text messages. I answer to, you know, people that actually want to be an adult and talk to me in the room. Then we can have a conversation. Spring training be, cha- you know, champions don't always win World Series. Well, <laughs> listen, if, you know, Listen, he's talking about the Mets and Diaz. I wasn't going to go here. Can we talk about the Yankees injuries for a few seconds? Can we talk about the laundry list from Rodon to Cortez to Trevino to Bader to Montez to who else am I missing, Speedy? I'm sure I'm missing more probably. And then the fact that they re-signed Aaron Judge, who's also injury prone. They have John Carlson, Another one, also injury Judge prone. will get hurt at some point. <laughs> Aaron Hicks still can't track balls in the outfield. We saw it a couple of games ago. I don't know what he was doing. I'm not even joking. He actually thought that ball was foul. That ball was clearly fair. I don't know what he was doing. But if we're going to go there with the Mets and losing Diaz, that's fine. Listen, let's talk about the Yankees injuries and how bad they're in this position right now. Dude, Rodon, Cortez, and Mata, three-fifths of their rotation are hurt. One of them's out for the year, probably. The other one's probably out to the end of April, early May, who you just signed, by the way. And then you have the other one who hasn't even pitched yet. Don't talk to me about injuries. Yeah, he was also. He also says, uh, "I was against the judge signing." You know that. I Yeah, I get it. But listen, we were, we were just bringing up injuries. That's it. Uh, Snug's on your side. He says the Mets are still the best team in New York. Uh, listen, that's why I love Snug, and I love Frankie too. But the truth of the matter is this. We talk about, you know, we talk about the Mets and everything like that. It's funny. I was going to start with the Aaron Rodgers thing, but you know what? I guess, Speedy, let's just segue into the Edwin Diaz thing. Why not? We're already talking about it. It's like beating a dead horse at this point, right? We all, if you live under a rock, Edwin Diaz uh, suffered a patella tendon uh, tear in his knee. It's out for the season. It's out for eight months. Okay? It's out for eight months. Done for the season. No narco this year. But I have to tell you something really quick. When he comes back in 2024, that song is going to be even more popular than it was this past year. They, they better accumulate like 100 trumpets. When you see on the scoreboard in 2024. I know. They better accumulate like 100 trumpets for a live performance of that. Well, the thing of it is, is this. is And Speedy, you're a method too. I look at it in this perspective. I know you and Eric were talking about it yesterday. The thing of it is, is that I was upset about it at first. Of course, we all are. Methods. He's the best closer in baseball. Right. We're all upset about it. Truth of the matter is this. Where the Mets are, it's interesting, right? Because the, their bullpen situation, it kind of hinders things. But we say hinder. I find hinder to be a very strong word because I look at it like this. Speedy, let me ask you, who was the closer for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2022? David Robertson. Mm. What did the Phillies do in 2022? They went to the World Series as a sixth seed. Mm. Good. And how did David Robertson do in the playoffs? Pretty good. Not great, but mm. pretty good. Okay, that's that's three checks in a row. All right. Who was the closer for the Nationals in 2019 when they won the World Series? In 2019. Oh, I don't even remember now. The, the Nationals bullpen. Oh, it was, um, Doolittle, was it Doolittle? I don't remember. Oops. Or was it Hudson? Was it, I think Hudson? it was Daniel Hudson. It was Hudson. Okay. Yeah. They rotated around. They used starters out of the pen. I don't even remember. Like, no. Their and, Nationals and bullpen the was so irrelevant for a while. You just forget like all but the do, bad ones. Do you, do you see my point? So David Robinson was the closer for the Mets in 2022, right? Or for the Phillies in 2022. They went to the World Series. Who was the closer for the Mets in 2022? Edwin Diaz. Who got further? The Phillies. That's the point. So the point of people saying that the Mets are so screwed, their season's over. It's done. It, it just sounds so silly. That's number one. Number two, the Mets, to me, 
you don't need to trade for a reliever right now. You can do that in July. Yeah. Because they're all going to be up. I bet you Candler Jansen's probably going to be available. I bet you what's his name on Pittsburgh. Oh, Bednar. Bednar is going to be available. I like the Kansas City closer last year, too. Um, yeah, they tend to develop relievers pretty quickly. Yeah, I forget who it was, though. Who was it? Do you remember who it was? It I don't was remember Kansas his City name Royals. offhand. Yeah, so to me, listen, does it suck? 100%. There's nothing we could do about it. You know, I mean, it was a fluky thing that happened. And I love the fans that say, mm, you know, they should cancel the World Baseball Classic. Now, I said I'm done with the World Baseball Classics. I don't want to watch it anymore this year, but, you know. Uh, Scott Barlow is the Royals guy. What happened? Scott Barlow is the name of the Royals guy. Yeah. Scott Barlow was the closer. And Scott Barlow had a good year last year. Anyways, he was on my fantasy team last year. So there's going to be relievers available. The thing of it is, is that a closer doesn't hinder, I think, what you do in your season. Because the Mets have Robertson and Adovino. And rarely, they have guys that have done the job closing before who are veterans, especially David Robertson. David Robertson is a prime example. David Robertson was close to the Phillies, got picked up at the trade deadline, helped them get to the World Series. Snug says Ted Quisenberry close for the Royals last year. And no snug, the Mets. I will never encourage the Mets to bring in Jonathan Papelbon. That's never happened in a million years. You have a home run to Kirk Newman-Weiss. You should never step foot ever. Okay? That's number one. The other pro- the other situation, and he gave up a home run to Omir Santos. Yeah, it's another problem. <laughs> That's right. Okay. The other thing of it is, is this now. You know, I, I like I said, and I'll let Speedy get in here in a minute. It's it's interesting that the you know everybody's panicking. They're panicking, panicking, panicking about what is going to happen with the Mets here because they lost Edwin Diaz, a closer in my eyes, does not make or break a season. We saw it last year. David freaking Robertson was the closer for the Phillies. They went to the World Series. He had a good postseason. The Nationals won a World Series in 2019. They didn't even have a closer. They had a closer by committee. So the last couple of years, think about who the closers have been that have won a World Series. All right, you want to put Kenley Jansen won it in 2020. Jansen wasn't great. Atlanta switched off many times during Atlanta the switched off a yeah. billion times. They didn't have a set closer. Yeah. And now this year they're going in it with, uh, I believe, Rysel Iglesias. Mm-hmm. Well, Iglesias they just traded for last year, but then the, the, their 2021. It wasn't even the closer. Yeah, 2021 season, they went from Smith, they went to Luke Jackson. And then I think in the playoffs they went to Minter because Minter was pitching so well. They just kept mm-hmm. him in that spot. So they so that's another team that didn't have a closer. And then Ryan Presley, who was one of the better closers in the game, very underrated yes. in my opinion. So when you look at the last couple of years, you know, Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball as a one. Josh Hader as a one. Josh Hader actually cost the Brewers in twenty nineteen. Although actually I shouldn't say that. The the right fielder screwed up. Gresham, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, you know, and I mean, three years later, he decides to go off against the Mets. Yeah, of course he did. That's how it works. But Speedy, do you agree with my take on Diaz doesn't break the Mets season and this could be figured out later on? I would say this. You're right about the whole concept of the closing in baseball being lost, not lost, but being a dying art in a sense because of the versatility of relievers. I think the 
concept of the pure closer is not as necessary because of bullpen depth, bullpen versatility. But it all depends on how you manage it and how you built your team. And I criticized the Mets for this last year. They didn't have enough lefties on their whole roster to start. And they were relying a lot on the same relievers to be able to put them through in the same spots. And Lugo, all those guys. Right. Yeah. Now, they lost four relievers in free agency. They, like you they said, all they, stunk. They, they, got in, they got out of Aino back, fine. And they got David Robertson, and they traded for Rayleigh, which I really like. Rayleigh is that That's perfect. That's they got Robertson now. Yeah. Rayleigh is that perfect type of pitcher I thought they needed last year, a versatile lefty. And you still have Drew Smith. Uh-huh. So yes. – you're right from the concept standpoint. I The Mets have not been one of those teams that have been able to adapt to those concepts, though, and that's what worries me. And Buck Showalter, is he going to evolve as like a more modern-type manager to be able to adapt to those concepts? Well, he kind of did that in Baltimore a little bit. Like, Britton was his guy, but you, you, every now and then he would switch things off when he had to. I, mean, I know. Brock well, sometimes closed there, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I so, get that to an extent. I think if there's anybody you could trust in figuring this out, it's – it's probably Brock. Sometimes with these older managers, you're not always sure if they're able to adjust to the modern game. It it took even Dusty Baker a while, too. Dusty Baker with the Nationals was not doing these things that he's doing with the Astros now. When Dusty was the manager of the Nationals, he had – who was the closer at the time? It wasn't – Drew um, Storen, I believe. Yeah. Was it Storen? I think so. In 2016, 2015, mm. yeah. I believe it was Drew Storen, who I thought was highly overrated. Well, no. Matt Williams was the manager in 2015. Okay. So, so Dusty came in the next year. So, all right, that might have been when they traded for Doolittle then in that case. But yes. even so, like, the, the, the creativity that he's done with the bullpen with the Astros has been something that I wouldn't have expected him to be able to adapt to because he's an old-school manager. He he was with over 20 years before that with, the, with, what, three other teams. And I was worried about it at the time for the Astros, who are such an analytic-driven team Well, with the Giants, well. to be fair, I believe he had Rob Nen. So that's kind of, I mean... Rob Nen with the Giants. The Reds, he – I don't even remember who the closer was with the Francisco Reds. Francisco Cordero, there. I want to say. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Was it, it was Cordero. I believe so. And then with the Nationals, he had Doolittle. And, and then the Cubs. With the Astros, he had Presley. Yeah, and then the Cubs. Uh, oh, I, I forgot about the Cubs yeah, I one. Remember, oh. I don't remember offhand. I don't remember who the Cubs one, but you know, Rob Nen is one that nobody talks about enough. I think a bullpen that is more unpredictable and make it good and make it good in different ways now – now you have time to adjust. The Diaz injury is as fluky and unfortunate as you can get, but I guess it's rather better now than having to do it at the end of the season when you're so used to it, and now you have these guys stuck in so many different roles, and then you can't adapt for the playoffs. I would well, the other big thing, that. too, is that I, I think the injury that he did suffer, Speedy, was as, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's the best-case outcome because if he had torn his ACL, you're going into this year and part of next year in 2024 – and thankfully, it wasn't anything to do with his arm or his shoulder or anything. It was just his knee. It's not going to hinder him in any sort of way. The surgeon that did the surgery already came out and said, this is not going to hinder. They said it was this was the best case scenario, that it was just his knee issue. Because the doctor said if it was an ACL injury, he's missing part of next season as well. And his arm, forget about it. So says, is John Rocker available? He can close. Another one we he was on the Long Island Ducks for a while. <laughs> another another one where we'll probably want less than Jonathan Papelbon. No yeah, thanks. I mean, seriously, we're going from here to the, you know, we're going down to the bottom of the tube here with that. We're now we're really trying to find a flyer. But, I mean, Speedy, I think you could agree. I think this injury, as sucky as it is, this was the best case scenario to have a knee issue rather than 
an ACL injury or anything to do with his arm or his elbow or anything. I mean, like yeah, that. if you want to compare the uh, comparison of major injuries, I'm not really going to nitpick of on course. that. Major injuries are major injuries, but still, I I, yeah. I think it's still better to have it happen now as fluky as it was rather than having it in August when the Mets might have their role set with everyone else. And then all of a sudden they have to well, change the everything around. Too, that, say, for example, he has it happen in May. And it, it, it's so funny because people are constantly saying, oh, and which, by the way, uh, Major League Baseball is actually their insurance is paying for this now. The mm-hmm. Mets are not paying his contract this year. So um, because this happened at an MLB sponsored event. MLB oh, okay. is Yeah. So MLB is not paying for the contract this year. Now the huh. question is going to be with the, with the luxury tax. Yeah. I mean, Cohen just saved about $18, $19 million right there. Wow, I didn't even realize um, that. That's actually, I guess maybe, I wouldn't say a saving grace, but I would say it's, no, it's, a, it's a little late. I guess late. it's a small I'm sure benefit. They would have, I'm sure if it happened earlier, they maybe would have tried to throw like Jansen or something like that. But, I mean, look, I think when you have a steady guy, David Robertson, who's closed in New York before, is coming off a World Series last year, you, we don't have a choice. We have to have confidence. In, in in Robertson at this point. And again, you out of Vino and Rayleigh, maybe somebody, maybe uh, this Deoka guy who's down at Sprint Trade throwing 101 miles oh, yeah. per hour. Maybe he steps on uh, Joey Lucchese. Maybe they turn Lucchese and they turn him into a closer or something like that. They can figure him out because a lot of these, look, Papabom was a starter yep. when he came into the league. He was a starter. He was not a closer. So I think if you're the Mets and you get creative, you could do it this way. I could see Zach Britton coming here. Um, and then again, at the trade deadline, you could then figure out, okay, if the Red Sox are out of it, then Kaylee Jansen could be had. If the Pirates are out of it, I could take their guy. The Royals are out of it, I could take their guy. If the Reds are out of it, I could talk about Eddie Edwin's brother, but he's going to cost an arm and a leg because he's one of the better relievers in baseball. And, and and that's the, the thing of it, is they have to figure out, first of all, hold steady here. You don't need to make a trade for a reliever now. You don't need to do that. No, plus it's a fluky position as it is. You could do that exactly. in you, the season. For example, like what if, hypothetically speaking, they trade for Diaz's brother, right? Alexis? Mm-hmm. Yep. And say it's too much pressure for him and he can't handle any stinks. Then what? Oh, well, they shouldn't have made that trade. They had Robertson as a closer already. He'd done it in New York before. That's going to be the thing that everybody's going to go back to. Yeah, and I also am not somebody that loves the formality of the closer role position. No, I mean, look, Diaz was just special. That was the thing. He's the best closer in baseball. You can't replace what he did last year. It sucks. Rarely happens, but it does happen. It does happen. It's unfortunate the World Baseball Classic always screws the Mets over. With uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Too. I'm not going to fault Diaz, or I'm not going to fault anybody that wants to play. No, the I mean, classic. come on. I mean, I mean, look. Now, I, I thought of this idea, and I wanted to run it. It's it's the fact that could they change when the World Baseball Classic happens? Yes. Could you do it in December? Because it's most ninety eight percent of it is in warm weather places hmm. or in domes in Japan. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's could possible. you do it during the Olympics? Yes. You certainly could do it during the Olympics. You could add that to the Olympic Games. The NHL does it. They take two week breaks. Right. Guys go to the Olympics, and then they come back, and they play again. Max Scherzer said the other day, I can't pitch 
in a big game like that in March when I'm not even ramped up yet. That's just look at the look at the Dominican Republic. Right. They struggle mightily. I think the difference yeah. is though with what you're saying and with the Olympics and hockey and a lot of the other any other sport that would have been in the Olympics is the MLB like you're saying is actually sanctioning the World Baseball Classic. So they're actually directly related with it. No, of course. Where it's not like the it's not the IOC, the Olympic Committee. But that's going the thing though. Like you, I feel like it, if you can make money with the IOC. Oh, no, I get you know that. I'm I mean, not saying you, you could You can and just add that in. I bet you they'll get a huge lump sum, Major League Baseball, for letting them own that. No, I know. I can, 100%. To me, I think that, that would be the route. Or you could just do it in December. Yeah, doing it in December makes weeks. a lot of sense. Yeah, I Do it during the that. Arizona Fall League. Instead of the Arizona Fall League, do it in December. Because truth of the matter is, if Diaz got hurt in December, he misses December, January, February, March, April, May, June. So he's back in August. Right. No, yeah, I think well, December makes point. a lot of sense because yeah. you, uh, it's on warm weather team, places. Like teams California, that don't make, Florida, and teams that don't make the playoffs, those those players will get two months to rest up if they need to, if their arms are worn out, if their legs are worn out, whatever. And again, if, even if they do make the playoffs, I mean, either they could opt. I mean, it's out only they, a two week tournament. Yeah, even, we're already in a semis here. Even if again, even that, even teams that do go far into the playoffs too. All right, I mean, there might be some players that might be worn out and say no, but still, there's still I would imagine it would be some. Look at the look at the NBA Finals with the Bucks and the Suns, and then the Olympics happened right after that in 2021. There were a couple of players that got there late for Team USA, but they still did it later on. So maybe of you have course. a situation like that too. That's why, yeah, December makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Again, like I said, I don't know if baseball. Being it's their own entity, Major League Baseball is not going to want to hinder their own season. I think if they would have done that, they would have had to announce it before that. Yes, yeah, that... so like I said, I think do it. You, they have they hold them in Florida, warm all year. In California, warm all year. Japan, Dome Stadium. Um, I believe they hold some of them in um, the some of the Caribbean areas, warm year round. I mean. Like, what are we doing? It's a simple fix. Yeah. It really is a simple fix when you think about it. It's not – to do this tournament two or three weeks before the season starts, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. And guess what? Now Major League Baseball has to pay Diaz a salary. Number one, I would do that. Number two, how about we fix the way the pools are so we don't make it so freaking obvious that we want the United States to get to the next round and not have the DR, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela all on the same freaking pool. Yeah. Okay, like I mean, do we really think Cuba belongs in the semis? Mm-hmm. Do we really think actually Mexico beat USA? But I don't, I don't like the USA team that much anyway. Yeah, they're pitching we, a suspect. Do we really think Cuba is that good of a team? Not compared to Japan. No. Oh, by. Japan's gonna. Japan's gonna. You know, first off, the USA plays Cuba. Therefore, the USA is gonna have an. I would think another easy game. To get them to the finals. Japan is going to play. Um, yeah, it would be whoever uh, comes out of the Mexico. Whoever comes out of the Puerto Rico. Venez- uh, Venezuela game, right? Is that who's playing oh, right. oh, yeah. U.S. plays Mexico. You're right. Yeah. Puerto Rico plays Venezuela the other quarterfinal. Which I See, and that's uh, ridiculous because Venezuela and Puerto Rico have been two of the best teams in this. That's the problem is when I view how this pool was set up. You made it so easy for the U.S. and for Japan to get there. Uh, by the way, I think Japan's the best team. I do. Um, 
I mean, I got Otani hitting 555 and throwing 103 miles an hour. I mean, this is – what are we doing here? Like, you got to – I'm just saying. Uh, really quick, my dad chimed in. This should be interesting because you know how he is with things. It's not about Linus Mark or anything like that, you know, or, <laughs> two, or, or, or Tom Tim Thomas. Oh, yeah. We really have to go back to Two that. problems with December. First, a lot of players won't show up because they consider that their time and the offseason – the second reason is that it's football season and a lot of people won't be watching it because I have they have alternate programming. You can say that. That's totally fine. Here's the reality. The reality is a lot of these games are starting at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. They're not even in the same time zone that a lot of these fans want to watch it in. How many of the USA games have been on before 9 o'clock? Right. Zero. None. None. How many times has Japan, who's been the best team in this whole thing, been on before uh, after eight o'clock? None. Zero. That's the point. So, and it's also a two-week tournament. Yeah. If the players care so much about representing their country, like they say they do, then they'll show up. Also, That's too, if you're if you're worried about. That. If you're worried about football season, first of all, that's not every day of the week. And second of all, it's, Sunday. it's a world it? event. A Thursday, a Sunday, and a Monday. It's also a world event, too. They're not going to schedule everything around the yeah, NFL. Yeah, go look at Japan's ratings. <laughs> Japan, Japan and, and Venezuela and Colombia and Mexico, they're not going to care about What did Japan that. have for rate speed? I think it was 48 million people watched. I believe it. Japan playing. Yeah, makes sense. Please. That's the, that. That's their. That, be, that's their it's only the deal. American fans that are complaining. I know. It's only yeah. the American fans. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's not gonna. They're not gonna cater around to it because it's a world event. Uh, no. So uh, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying to an extent with those with some of the fans, but again, if they're gonna care, they're gonna care anyway. Yeah, those exactly. fans are gonna. Those fans. Those American fans are going to care regardless. Speedy, let's uh, let's towel off here for about a commercial. Take a breather. When we come back, we're going to discuss Aaron Rodgers. And Speed and I are going to go back and forth because I'm tired of people saying who has the leverage. I'm going to tell you why nobody has the leverage. And just get your stuff together. When we come back here on Game On. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game On! Game On! We're back! You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Myself and Speedy P joining you. First off, of course, you can listen to us on WorldWideSportsRadio.com, WWSRN on our free app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. Uh, the Alan Lazard deal per year has come out. $22 million guaranteed. We know this. So, here are the cap hits in 2023. 3.26, 2024, 12.8, 1.8, 2025, 13.18, 2026, 13.18, 2027, 2.1. So the cap hit this year at 3.26. It's about $7 million less than uh, Corey, what Corey Davis getting. And Lazard's better than Corey Davis. Oh, of course, my, my father is chiming in because he's a Packer fan. So let's see. So I'm going to get to why neither team has leverage. He said two, uh, He said Green Bay has the leverage. 
If I were the Jets, I would get this deal done as soon as possible before another team QB gets hurt in practice, and if that becomes a disaster, Green Bay has time on their side. Jets want him in camp. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Number one, Aaron Rodgers has already told the Jets, uh, the Packers, he wants to go to the Jets. This is not – if, say, for example, the – Jacksonville Jaguars lost Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to waive his trade to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay? That's number one. Number two, he says the Jets should get this deal done as soon as possible. I think Green Bay needs to get this deal done as soon as possible because two problems could happen. One, they're going to miss out on draft picks this year, which are higher than next year's draft. And two... Aaron's just going to constantly go on TV and just berate the Packers organization. And then there's no leverage for the Jets because the Jets need a quarterback. But the thing of it is, is that Aaron Rodgers, here's the issue. Rodgers could just show up, which according to people in the media have said, if Rodgers is not traded, he will show up to OTAs. Hand in his pocket, getting $60 million, sit on the bench and watch Jordan Love. And Green Bay cannot have their offseason because of the cap. Do you really think Green Bay wants to deal with that? Don't think so. Do the Jets want this to prolong any longer? Don't think so. This is a situation where neither team has leverage. I'm sick and tired of people picking sides on this. It drives me freaking nuts. The Jets need a quarterback. The Packers need to get rid of him and get rid of the cap hit. There's no leverage here. Like, it pisses me off when people say, oh, the Packers have leverage because they need to get this done. Oh, the Jets have to have him done in camp because they need to do this. There's no leverage. I don't know. understand why anyone thinks the Packers have leverage. They're There's shot, no leverage. They shot their value down when they didn't trade him last year. because. And also, by the way, really quick, if you listen to the Pat McAfee interview, he did say there's a lot of things I like about the Jets. He said, I intend to go there, and I love it that Hack is there. Mm -hmm. So he wants to go to the Jets. Mm -hmm. And who stop with the with the this is not just from people. People need to freaking watch the goddamn interview. Now I'm getting pissed because people need to watch it. And who is don't misconstrued words. And who is holding the Packers back? Who did Aaron Rodgers say or is holding the trade back? Who did Aaron Rodgers say? Oh, he said it's the Packers. It's the Packers. And he even said to, to Adam Schefter that that tweet that was, was awesome. a lie. was a lie. <laughs> and I did not demand Randall Cobb and Odell and Mercedes Lewis. And, oh, it, it, it was it's all the Packers because and, they're trying to get any kind of value they had back because they know they screwed up. And by the way, just to let you know, Aaron Rodgers is pissed. He's pissed off that the Packers are just shoving him out the door. Yep. An angry Aaron Rodgers. An angry Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal Aaron Rodgers to watch. Because that dude has a chip on his shoulder where you don't think he's going to go out of his way to stick it to Green Bay and try to win a Super Bowl with the Jets. Look at the wide receiver core they have. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, Denzel Mims, 
They're talking to OBJ, and apparently OBJ's willing to take a pay cut to come here to play with Rodgers. Ty Conklin, Usuma, Hall. I mean, and Rodgers as your quarterback. With the fourth-ranked defense in the football, just saying. And by the way, not misconstruing the words. Speedy, did he say during the McAfee interview, there's a lot of things I like about the Jets? Yeah, everything he said about the Jets specifically was positive. Now It was positive. And the thing of it is was he didn't really want to get into the Jets stuff. Right. He was specifying some certain players like the last couple of months, but not in that yes. particular interview. He was just generalizing it. He wanted to go more into why he, he took If the he darkness. didn't want to play yeah. for the Jets, wouldn't he just not play? He would have said he retired then. In that yes. Case. Yeah. There's definitely. He would have said, it would have said, it to, I don't understand what the freaking, you know, this is the problem. It, this it, is the problem. It's a perception the with the national media is what it is. No, this is the, the this is the issue is, you know, and, and it's amazing. As a Jet fan, I can't ever have anything nice. And then we're about to have something nice and people try to rain on the parade. Aaron Rodgers, do you think he turned down $60 million with the kind of person he is? No, of course not. You don't think he would? No. I 100% think he would. Absolutely, Rodgers would turn down $60 million to retire. He'd be – have you seen the kind of person well, Aaron Rodgers right. is? But he would do it in a way that he would still screw the Packers. Uh-huh. But would he do it, though? Would yeah, you put it past Aaron Rodgers? In a way that it would screw the Packers. Of all characters in football. In a way that would screw the Packers. He would find a way to manipulate them. But would you put it past Aaron, the kind of character that he is, to say, I don't need the money. I have plenty of money. I'm going to retire. I think he would have done it already if he did. 100%. But I think, again, I, I don't know if I think that way now. I think he would have done it a month ago or two months ago if, if he was thinking yeah. that way. He would have, the way that they walked off the field, him and Randall Cobb in the final game of the year yeah, when they lost course. to the Lions. He seemed at ease. He seemed at peace when he walked off the field with Cobb. Yep. I think he, he would have announced it around then. And the funny the thing is, is I'm not even saying the Jets have leverage. I don't think either team has leverage. But the Jets, but I have, damn sure don't think the Packers have any leverage. The, in this. the Jets have leverage in the sense of the uh, compensation. They they're losing a bit when it comes to like you were saying, maybe the, him getting acclimated with players and stuff. But they are not losing anything in terms of leverage because the, when it comes to the compensation, because the Packers already shot that value. If they well, were trying to well, get also, a, really quick, when do when do OTA start? OTA, I don't know the exact date. It's usually like June second or something. And, and also, when did the when did the Chargers pick in the draft? Twenty one. Eight picks less. Where are you going? And also, the, the Jets have the cap. And also, the Jets have the cap space to take on Rodgers. The Chargers don't. Yeah, the Chargers have only twenty million right now, and that yeah. was only with just uh, cutting Keenan Allen too. Yeah. Which I don't know if Rodgers gonna like that anyway. Yeah. And they want to trade Austin Eckler. So no, this is just I'm not gonna say who. Trying to, you know, rain on a parade that, you know, that I'm trying to enjoy. That's fine. It's okay. I'm not allowed to have nice things. But I don't fact. You know, also not allowed to have nice things? The Chargers. Because they're the oh, least team in football. Let me tell you about the – let me tell you. If you want to say the Jets are bad, the Los Angeles Chargers would have a bridge to sell for you. Yeah. Okay, see, on see the, the way I look at it like this is, yes, the Jets have done a lot of dumb things. No question that they have. And they're not a good player development organization. The Chargers well, we are that. a good player development organization, and they find ways to screw themselves up <laughs> with everything. <Of> course. <laughs> when I it mean, comes- it's, it's really, you know, 
when it comes to injuries, when it comes to losing close games, when it comes to giving Tyrod Taylor oh, a, that's interesting. a injection Calais in Campbell the ribs. Just like the, Calais Campbell just liked the jet tweet. Interesting. Calais Campbell liked the jet tweet. All yeah. right. Interesting. You want him on a one-year deal? Yeah, that'd be a nice step. You want him on a one-year deal? I take him on a, just to be a veteran presence because he's always got to replace Rankins. Yeah. Stuck says, you know, well. and, and I don't think any team, by the way, is stepping forward to get Rodgers at this point. There no. is no other team that's going to do it. Yeah, because the Packers screwed themselves by saying, we're not trading you to the NFC. So all that's NFC the other teams thing. went to plan B. Yes, and the problem is the Raiders were the only other team. Mm-hmm. The Raiders went with Garoppolo. So therefore, you know, you're giving you're, – you're, by the way, Justin Herbert – he plays through injuries all the time. And by the way, when is just when does a quarterback ever really get hurt in OTAs? When I do the lightest workout of any player on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when does that happen? There's no leverage. Stuck Nobody off. has it. Stack also says Green Bay is screwed either way. They're going they aren't gonna be good for the at least two or three seasons. Who yeah. is this? What do you say about? Uh the Packers, Snug. Of course. Listen, I like Jordan Love too, though. I'm just so sick of people saying Oh, you know what I'm saying? This guy has this guy, and this guy has this guy. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the reality. And then the question's constantly becoming, well, who's the Jets quarterback? I understand. It's Zach Wilson. Totally get that. Here's the reality, folks. You don't think that the Jets can maybe do go another alternative and maybe go to the Rams and ask for Matt Stafford? You don't think they could do that? You don't think the Rams would give them Matt Stafford? In a second, they would. And the Packers wanted a compensation like the Detroit Lions got for Matthew Stafford. Well, Yeah, and there's a difference. They got Goff in the trade. And there's also a difference. They should have done that last year when they just okay. won an MVP. And then my father just said the Jets will have a worse record than the Packers next year. Okay. okay. Oh, come on. I'm done. I'm How much done. does he – he must really think Jordan Love is like the next – I don't know. No, I'm done. It's not even worth my time. This is the same guy that said Tim Thomas was better than Henrik Lundqvist. I'm done. I'm done. It's like insulting. Sucks says, well, and I'm not even a Henrik like... Lundqvist guy. Sucks you go to well... Henrik Lundqvist's house, you can't even get a cup because there aren't any. <laughs> Sucks says, well, that joke. wouldn't be nice to Matt Stafford. Yes, no, we, we we get that. Stug also says, I like your dad. He's the man. Oh, yeah, uh, that's nice. All right, Stug, where does he go in the rankings of him and uh, him? Obviously, Kenny's number one. We know that's your butt buddy. And then, uh, where does he rank Jeff. among Jeff Lyle and uh, your and Josh's dad? Because <laughs> those seem to be other, your other favorite people. I mean, I have a headache from this. Like, you don't think the Jets could just get another veteran quarterback, like a Matt Stafford or something? Yeah, of course, of course they, they can. Could. I, I saw uh, from one of the guy, one of the Jets guys that's been on our show wrote something that he might even see a scenario where Kirk Cousins could be traded too. I don't know it's if it'll so happen, funny because but... we, you know, and it's funny. We say the word, you know, Tim Thomas, more Stanley Cups than Henrik Lundqvist. Guess what? How many, how many Super Bowls does Trent Dilfer have? One. How many does Dan Marino have? None. Yeah, we're right. really gonna go there. All right. You know who else won a Stanley Cup? Uh, Jordan I'm Binnington. Sick. And now what he's doing? Now what is he oh, doing? Oh, Getting benched and, and fighting with people that score goals. That on him. guy. You were gonna fight with Flurry, who's one of the nicest guys on the planet. What a what an yeah. ass. What an ass. And I don't ever curse on this show. I don't. Speedy, you know that since we started this show, I have never cursed on this show one time. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. 
Uh, well, I want to get to a, a little March Madness because that just pissed me off so much. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Know your facts. Oh, Slug has the rankings. All right, here we go. So Jeff is one, then Kenny, then me, then Lyle, then Josh's dad. So I didn't even make the list. Oh, Josh doesn't even make the cut, Snug. So then why listen to the freaking show then? Snug also says, I don't blame him, but I like to punch Flurry as well. So why listen to this show, Snug, if you don't even like me? You're, I mean, the fact that you don't even have me on your list, that's like kind of demeaning and insulting because, you know... Maybe he only... you, you probably have Arrow on that list you don't like either. Snug, Snug probably listens just to hear what your dad says. Yeah, probably. He's a follower, I guess not a leader, but anyway. Uh, he right. also says, I liked, I listen just in case Speedy is OB. I don't know what that means, but okay. Snug, yeah. I don't know what that means. But... So he doesn't even listen to hear me. He listens to wait for you. That's nice. Good. Thank you. Let's get to our Final Four conversation. So my Final Four, I have it is this. I have Alabama, Marquette, Kansas, Texas. And I have Texas being Marquette in the championship. Texas with an interim coach, which I like. I like that coach a lot. They haven't lost a step. They won the Big 12. Yep. They're still playing great. I love where so – you know how Shaka is in the tournament. We've seen him get there. Once you get there, all hands on deck. They just won the Big East. Did all that. The only question. I love with it. The only question is, uh, I just want to ask: You're not worried about Marquette's defense at all because they've had so. Of course, I'm, I mean that's the problem is because I think they're giving up how many? I saw the points per game uh, today. They actually struggled today. They, I know, they were struggling badly in the first on. half, and yeah, they they struggled against Vermont, and then they ran away with it. <sighs> the only reason why is because I feel like I mean I guess I don't know. I it's weird because they did so well against UConn, but the thing about UConn is they're so. Everybody seems to be on the UConn bandwagon. I like them. What it is is I think they have stumbled a bit in conference play that's hurt them in certain games down the stretch where I think they could have been a higher seed if they played as well as they did in the beginning of the year, and then they ended up falling to a four for a result. They are a well-rounded team, and they are good at shooting free throws, which you need in this tournament. We've seen a lot of games on, end on missed free throws all the time, and they are good well, defensively. Yeah, they are good defensively. Yeah. So they ended up in a good spot in the bracket. I'm not as high on Kansas this year for the reason of one, they're much a much smaller team. They don't have um, Azabuki, the big big man, and McCormick, who did well last year as a uh, kind of a wing big man, but still like those bigger type shooters. So they're a very smaller team, reliant on Jalen Wilson a lot. Freaking Houston, they stink. Houston, they're horrible. I think Ugh. Houston would depend. They're a boomer. They're a very boomer bust team. They could either be a team that are they are that good, or they could lose next round easily to Auburn if they're still banged up right now. Because Auburn's a good team too. They had a they had a. Like UConn, they had a great start to the season, kind of well, stumbled. Well, Pearl. Pearl's a good tournament coach. And that's what that that's what could help them, too. And they have the talent. They had the recruiting class that was very good. And they've they've had some not great – like, they're not great in conference in comparison to other years, but they did have some pesky ones, even the games that they lost. So that's going to be tough. I think Houston could either go big or they could go out next round very easily. Because I do like Miami, too. But, like, I think Houston is that – they're. They'll have some time to rest up if they do beat Auburn. I think that'll make them dangerous after that. I'm just saying, also, by the way, the Ivy League always does this. I didn't like Arizona. I was shocked they lost there, though. No, the Ivy League always does this. They always do this. They did it Princeton a couple years ago, too. 
They did it. Oh, who was the school? Well, Yale did it one year against Baylor. Harvard yeah. did it a year against uh, Cincinnati, and then they hung tough with North Carolina around after that when they were like a. There was one specific school that went to like the Sweet Sixteen. That was Cornell. That was that Cornell. Was Cornell. Yep. Yes, they always do this. Yeah, and Har- Harvard uh, was close. That, you know, it's it's. And Harvard was close. I think two years later. That's the ref- the year I was referencing. I think Cornell did it in 2011, and I think uh, Harvard did. I want to say 2014. And they they beat Cincinnati, who was a four seed, and then they t- they they were right with North Carolina, who was who was the number one, I believe. And they not or no, they were no, they wouldn't be number one. Whatever seed they were, a three, whatever they would have, they were a point away or something like that. Well, I mean, like I said, I like you. You were saying was that worried about Marquette's defense? Of course you are. I they didn't play great in the first half today. We knew that. I think Texas got a great. They got on the, a very good side of the bracket. Yeah. The team that worried me the most got knocked out. They got Houston. They got Auburn, Miami, Indiana, Pitt upset Iowa State, another team that loses all the time. Exi- I mean, look at they got. They got Penn State, and then they go to the next game. Possibly it gets either Xavier or Pitt. Oh, neither of them are that good. <laughs> They're going to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. The, the now, team- and, then, and then you're probably going to get – you gotta get Houston. Yeah, the team that sticks. the team that actually scared me the most got knocked out yesterday was Texas A and M. I actually thought they looked really good on paper. Oh God, you like Texas? I did. A&M? I did. I hated them. I this did. Year. They I, were so up and down this year. I I think another team that was pretty balanced and they have some experience. Uh, I know. I was pissed off West Virginia lost yesterday. They they, they were good. They were Maryland. they were very good in conference play this year, and they kind of elevated themselves in the second half. So I thought they could. How did West Virginia lose to Maryland? West Virginia is a very weird team to trust all the time. I love well, Bob Huggins, but I, that's the problem. I love Huggins, but the problem is I think the game is just passing by. I don't think it's that. I think it's just more of because recruited well in the last few years. Well, I think being that area is just tough to recruit in as it is. He's always been somebody that Bob Huggins was a legend in the sport, right? And he's done so well at working with all these three-star recruits, getting them up, and making a good system out of it. As a by the way, what a freaking bracket Kansas got! Holy mother! A lot of defending champions go out early the next year. I understand that, but dude, they got Arkansas. They got St. Mary's. Yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> Connecticut. They got TCU Arizona winning that game. They got Gonzaga. They're tough. I would still watch out for Gonzaga. Oh, stop. They oh, Stop it. Their only reason they're a three Northwestern and UCLA, which I know you like UCLA. And I like Northwestern, too. Gonzaga, the only reason they're a three seed is because they actually had a much stronger out-of-conference schedule this year. It's not like they're any worse. I mean, Alabama team. has the easiest ride. Yeah, I would now that Arizona's that. out, I don't think Arizona's that good anyway. <laughs> no, they're not. But I mean, like they're they're playing Maryland next round. Yeah, I think Creighton or Baylor. That, is the then only, they play the winner of Furman, San Diego State. Right, I think Creighton or Baylor is the only other teams that are that good in that region. <laughs> to of be course. honest, I mean, it's a, so. Who did you pick for your final four? All right, so I went with I I, I disagree with you on Houston. I ended up going with Houston in oh, there, God. but you're right. I think they could lose into Auburn. You like too. Samson's. You like Samson's no I, offense, straight defense? I didn't for a while. I used to be very critical of him. That la- team's got no offense, dude. That that Run. team, that team, I was very critical of for a while until like the last three. Team could score forty six. If oh, they I get out of that, they lost all if they get out of that, I think they're fine though. Miami's good. I don't know if they have enough defense and enough. Experience. I mean, they're fine. They're not going to be Texas. 
and then Texas, te- Texas squashed them. And, and Texas, no, I'm not denying Texas. I didn't pick Texas initially because I told you I liked A&M. But yeah, if that is the matchup, I would be very afraid of Texas. I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. Texas was a very boomer bust team just because I wasn't sure with the interim coach. Like, how far would it go first time oh, in the tournament? Oh, he's been fantastic for them. They've been, I think, I don't want to say they're better. That's a strong word. Right. They dominated the Big 12 tournament, though. I know. No, I'm not disputing. I went with them, Alabama. I have Gonzaga. So you said no Kansas. I just think Kansas is back to their smaller, like only guard oriented team that that worries me. And Bill Self has lost a lot of earlier tournament games because of that. And you look at the track record of a lot of past champions. They're usually down in the first weekend the next year. uh, So you said, so your final four is Alabama, Houston, and that would be a ballsy pick by you, Speedy, to pick Baylor. (laughs) <laughs> I have them losing next round against Creighton. I have Creighton okay. running that end of the bracket to the Elite Eight and then losing Alabama. Okay, so you have Alabama. And I had – Houston. Me, let me think. Gonzaga. I'm trying to remember who I had on the other side because I didn't like anybody in that other region. That Purdue region it was my sleeper region. That's what I'm saying. So it's – I believe that's um... – Oh, you know what it was here? All right, so here's what I did. Yeah, that's the that's the Marquette one. Yeah, I didn't like. I don't really like anyone in that region. So I ran that as my that's sleeper region. One. I ran that as my super sleeper region. I was wrong on Oral Roberts. I was high on them, and they lost the Duke. Do you think FDU could beat Purdue? Yes, very much so. I very much. So, so I I, I, th- I have I have that as a possibility. Um, I like the, uh, Michigan State beat USC. I think they I think they could definitely make a run. Tom Izzo does well with an underdog. I only picked Marquette because they won the tournament, but they were also in. You can make the case of all the brackets. Next to Alabama's, they're in the easiest easiest bracket. And that's why I picked so many sleepers in there because and that's what it's like. You have Michigan State, of course, with Izzo. Izzo, and those these are the teams he takes to the Final Four. His last, uh, he won as a seven seed. He always takes the under the radar a fi- guys. And a five seed. The, you have Duke, Tennessee tomorrow. I like Tennessee in that. And Well, you don't like John Shire either. I know Arrow doesn't. I, don't, I also don't like Duke's offensive consistency, and I also think they're too hot. I think they're going to steam out eventually. Yeah, and then so. – um, So then I, I would know. have Kansas State. I had Kansas State, and I think against Michigan State, and I think I had Michigan State winning in that case, and then I think I had them going to the Final Four. So yeah, I can't – I think they're I my last State team. beating uh, – yeah, Kansas State. I can't see – I can't see you being Michigan State. Okay. No, hold on. No, I had Michigan State losing to Marquette. Because you have them losing to Marquette. That's right. So you have Kansas State, Marquette, and then Marquette winning that. Yeah. I just yes. I don't know if I trust Marquette's defense enough. I understand, but I know Shaka can, will have them ready to play and ready to go. That team could score, dude. I know. <laughs> that team was lighting it up in the second half. They said, you know what? We're just going to shoot with our eyes closed. And we're just going to see where it goes. And again, and it there's, usually, right every time. there's usually one odd seed. So I just went with the Michigan State theory. There's a lot of seven seeds that have made it in the past, too. And yeah. Michigan State was one of them. And it, I just it, couldn't pick Houston. It also is a popular trend that we've seen even a lot of the power five lower seeds go to the final four recently, too. Look at North Carolina last year. They were an eight seed and went all the way to the final. Uh, the final. UCLA did it the year before as an 11. And that's why they were the number one team in the country at the beginning of the year. What a disaster that was. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but it, it was the first let, one since 1974 that was the preseason number one that missed the tournament completely. Speedy, it's time to get to our buzzer beater, so let's hit it, man. Is it going to go? There it is! All right. My buzzer beater, and I'm going to let Speedy have one, too. So they mean talk about it. So my be- Can my, my buzzer beater just be mocking Virginia? <laughs> that always seems I mean, like fun. Well, my buzzer beater is this. I'm not surprised by Arizona. There's my buzzer beater. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised that they. I, I'm not surprised that they struggled. I didn't. I'm, I didn't expect them to actually lose, though. No, it doesn't even matter who the head coach is. Sean Miller, obviously, with the scandal. And though. by the way, Sean Miller's now gotten further than Arizona has. 
I know. Thank you for reminding me. I actually had that upset. So I, I was disappointed. That was my 14 3. Oh, well, you know, you can't win every single thing. They were up by 11, and then they, they went for a six minute scoring drought. You wow, can't do Kansas. It. So every number one seed, except for Purdue playing now, dominated except for Houston. Yeah. Well, by 11. Kansas had a rough first half. They only got it going in the second half. Well, they won 96 to 68 speedy. I know. They had a, they, they scored more points than that. No, they scored the same amount of points as Alabama. They played better defense. Yeah, they did. But like you were saying, Arizona was that other team that was like all offense, no defense. Oh, and they're Purdue just loses. Purdue worries me only because sometimes they don't get enough perimeter shooting. And well, they rely on Edie because he's inside, he's seven foot six, so they rely on him to do everything. And that's why I think they can be vulnerable. In they built around last year, they had Ivy, who was a go to. I know, Ivy Outside was scorer, right. perfect point guard, penetrator, did everything, handled the ball. You can't have in this game today a seven foot six center be your go to guy, right? And just scoring paints in the bucket, you yeah. gotta shoot the three, right? And then even going back to their team four years ago that should have beaten Virginia. They had Carson Edwards, who was a great scorer. They should have went further last year with EV. With, with well, of course. I, right, but... You had Ivy and EV on that team last year. Uh-huh, and they lose to get the Cinderella St. Peter's. Gotta love yep. it. But, like, even Carson Edwards, the like Peacocks. how good of a scorer he was... They should have gone further with that team, and that team didn't have enough depth. Just sometimes the way they build their depth only towards the big men has hurt them at times too, and that could hurt them against other teams that have those scoring. Let's say they even let's say they even get out of the because we, we were both saying Florida Atlantic could upset them too. Tennessee's going to be hard too if they have to play Tennessee. That's a tough. I didn't defense. like that. I, I, Tennessee's interesting. They should be better than what they are. They are, and they barely won yesterday. I know. No, they're 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 a tough. They, Louisiana Lafayette almost. The Raging Cajuns. Yeah, baby. they're a tough team to trust in the tournament all the time. They have the weirdest losses as well. Yeah, they... I don't know, man. If like literally, like I'm looking at the box score right now for Purdue. Edie's taking the most shots next to Smith. Yeah, and, he's, and so far Edie's 0 for three. That sounds like their game plan. And they're losing 15 to nine. All right, Speedy. Well, thank you so much, man, for helping me out tonight. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I got pissed off at certain things, but listen, oh. and I'm not siding with one person. You heard me say that. There is no leverage in this. Uh, There's none. I'm only siding with the fact that you have to believe in the miracles that are Furman. That's fair enough. Yeah. I will accept that. Five, five, point, thank five you points so in 15 much. seconds. You have to believe it. Well, yeah, I know. Well, that was crazy stuff, wasn't it? Oh, my God. They did the reverse to what they did to Purdue. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, Game On here tonight. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget you can check out all the other great shows. Don't forget to check out the Weekend Crunch, which is on tomorrow. At what time, Speedy? We are normal time tomorrow, and then we have three weeks in a row after the Islander game. Woo! But we are normal time tomorrow because the Islanders are in San Jose. There you go. So you're going to actually – you're going to follow into the Islander game. So you're kind of a free show. Fantastic. Check that out. Sports Loudmouths. Great show. The Herd, the Jet Show, the Moneyline Show. Of course, you have Wise Guys, all that, and so much going on. Check us out at WorldWideSportsRadio.com and the WWSRN app. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. Have a great time watching March Madness. And by the way, really quick, nobody has leverage. It doesn't exist. Have a good week, everybody. Speed, thank you so much, man. Take mm-hmm. care. Talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.